Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show, and thank you for tuning in. I am your host, T. Love, here at From the Heart Radio, and the founder and CEO of Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. This is a nonprofit dedicated to providing underprivileged children with basic necessities for life. I'm also a board-certified integrative holistic health psychotherapist specializing in energy and vibrational sound therapy with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where From the Heart Radio streams to you live each and every week bringing you optimistic and uplifting information from very interesting people, people who are making a positive impact in our world. One of those people is our guest, Dr. Christina Donnell, a classically trained clinical psychologist, author, 
spiritual teacher, and the founder and director of the Winds of Change Association, a Minneapolis-based educational organization offering programs that cultivate humanity's evolving consciousness. Christina studied Eastern traditions and the shamanic energy practices at the Cuerdo Indians of Peru for nearly three decades. Her multiple award-winning book, Transcendent Dreaming, Stepping into Our Human Potential, a foray into the quantum nature of the human body, chronicles her radical spiritual awakening through a form of dreaming that expands consciousness, allowing dreamers to identify with the intelligence that animates the universe. Her most recent book, our topic for discussion this evening, is Encounters with Living Language, which is a finalist in the inspiration category of the 2023 The Next Generation Indie Book Awards. It awakens readers to the intrinsic energy of language, where we can experience its multidimensional transmissions connecting us to the oneness that underlies all of life. She maintains a consultation practice. She continues to teach and speaks worldwide, and her lyrical prose and audio series are fused with transmissions of the unseen, captivating audiences of all ages. And you can learn more about Christina and all the work she's gifting to our world by visiting ChristinaDonnell.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-D-O-N-N-E-L-L.com. So welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you for taking time to be here. It is such a pleasure to both meet you and have you join us on From the Heart Radio. How are you being? Hello, Christina. Christina, can you hear me? Hello. Oh, no. What is happening? Ah, you can hear me and I cannot hear you. So let me do one thing. Please don't hang up. Can you hear me now, Christina? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. It's wonderful to hear your voice. How are you being? (laughs) (laughs) Mercury retrograde. That question. I I love that you asked that question, and we're having the super moon, too. So there's everything going on in the stratosphere right now. But I love that you asked that question. How are you being versus how are you doing? Like, yes. like like the world is made of doing, but what happens when we stop doing and we are just being? And so I would say to you, love, I am being with delight in this moment. I am being so happy that you recognize it because many people say, I'm doing great. And I think, oh, okay, that just went phew, right over the head. <laughs> uh, right, right. It's just like we have to come home to being. We are human beings, not human doings. <laughs> exactly, exactly. My dear sister, we feel strongly together here. Yes, absolutely. I cannot even say enough about your book, okay, Encounters with Living Language. I am completely in awe of what you've written. And, I, I, you know, this is, a, this is probably one of the hardest interviews I'm going to have because I don't want to spoil this book for anyone through my experience reading it. So I'm quite sure that my experience would be the same, yet very different from everyone else's. And I do mean that. I do mean the same in that you're taken on your own journey through your journey in a way that is just meant for you, and it's different because you're taken on your own journey in a way that is just meant for you. So (laughs) it's crazy, but I might say not just for me, but maybe as a prototype in consciousness of what is to come and could be realized by all of us. Yes, and I think it depends on where people are in their journey, how much of it they'll get, you know, and how often they read the book, because you know how you read a book once and you you like it, and then you read it again and you say, okay, I got something different. And the third time you read the book, for me, I'm thinking, I know – there weren't little gnomes that came in and rewrote this book, but I honestly do not remember these passages the last time I read it. So what I have to say to you is, wow, well done. Kudos to you and all your illuminations. And 
with that, we can get into like what the book's about, but I'm not going to give away a lot because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of spoiling it for people. I, I'm afraid of spoiling it for myself on my fourth Oh, week, you should. You to be should honest spoil with it. You. you should spoil it. You should spoil it. <laughs> you know, I, typically I read the books and develop questions along the way, and it's, it's relatively easy, and that was not with your book, The Illumination. It's not this an is, easy book. It's, it's not an easy book to, to uh, speak about either. It's, yeah, it's not. It's, it's not channeling, mm-hmm. and it's not premonition, mm-hmm. and it's it's not psychic. Yet it is all of those. And you refer to what you experienced as illuminations, and maybe that's where we should start. Would you elaborate on what or why? How did you come to that word illuminations? I think other people would have said I channeled. I had a psychic thing going on. It was a premonition. But you experienced illuminations, and I. That, I think, is what really, you know, got me at hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I might preface it by saying, you know, my previous book, Transcended Dreaming, introduced a form of lucid dreaming where in the nighttime you awaken within a dream and you have all the experiences of lucid dreaming, but it takes it further where in the transcendent dream, you merge into the dream and you become and feel in the felt sense of the body, the oneness underlying the whole. And uh, in that book, I talk about the dreams that I was having at night were manifesting in the day sometimes a day later, sometimes 14 years later, which led me to realize, oh, there are some of us here who are truly here to birth the unseen into the seen in our everyday world. And I've been a transcendent dreaming for dreamer for 60 years. The illuminations were different. The illuminations came during the daytime. They came, and this is how the quantum world and visions and channeling or what I call illuminations work. They, they, are, they do not come from within. They come from outside, and so they would come unexpectedly. But I was fully awake, and in every single one, 92 illuminations, all about language, which is why I wrote the book, because it felt like they had a gov- governing aim in the end, of which I think they did. Um, but an illumination, it suddenly comes on. It's like the light bulb went off in the room, and it's now really illuminescent. The whole entire sensory system goes up, and you feel everything more intensely. And more interestingly in these illuminations, my conceptual mind was thwarted. I could not use my conceptual mind. I had to be in my senses, you know, in my taste, my touch, my hearing, my sight, my smell to absorb what was coming in. And when I did that, which they all happened to be around language, it was like interior trap doors opened inside my body and I suddenly had direct knowing. I was not conceptualizing. It was not rational. I had direct knowing. I had prophecy, clairvoyance, all of the above. But more importantly, and my message for today was that language showed me the pathway to this experience in the body leads to connection with the oneness underlying all of life, not in the mind, so not non-dual awareness or unity consciousness from the mind, but in actually in the cellular nature of the body where you actually feel the sun, the moon, the, the fall, the, the rhythm, because it becomes a part of you. It's absolutely inside the body. And this is what the illuminations, 92 of them, kept demonstrating to me over mm, however many years, five years, I think. You know, it's interesting that you you started off by saying, you know, the feel that you had, because I often will tell 
clients and patients that when they're trying to manifest something, you can say all you want. I am healthy. I am healthy. I am healthy. And if you don't believe it, it's not happening. You have to feel it. That's the fuel that is the spark that makes the manifestation happen. So it's interesting you should say that. And that's different than language, but it is a language. So I loved the book because I could see the underlying language of the language or at least I thought I could. I could feel it. And I was like, yeah. She, or you could feel it. You could feel yeah. the transmission of the language, which is what yep. the book is speaking about, that language has more to offer. And, you know, I challenge the reader, have we failed language? Have we yeah, failed we have. language? It has so much <laughs> more to offer. And we as therapists know that because we sit in a communion with another soul where the unseen you know, therapy is language, but every word has a thousand roots with archetypal forces and energies inciting and that are in the room that are unseen. And when we as therapists can meet that, guess what? The client doesn't know where it comes from, but they have revelatory experiences because it's in the room. And this is how the unseen becomes manifest. Yep. This is the energy at work. And it's interesting because it doesn't matter. There are so many different languages and I'm not just talking about languages we speak as human beings. There are languages in your book that are outside of that. And that is what was interesting to me. And I was like, okay, I like these other languages as well. And we'll get into that in a minute. But for now, it was after your first illumination. You had your first illumination. It wasn't until five years later that you had the next, and then you experienced 90 of them in a short amount of time, like three years. Do you know why there was a long lapse followed by such an influx? Was it because you needed to, like, sit with it and grow with it, do you think, or have you ever figured it out or bothered to try? I haven't. I, well, thank you for the question. I've never thought about it. And it wasn't five years. It was, like, 14 or 15 years. And the first one was powerful. I think I was still, uh, you know, I always say, yeah, yes, I'm a therapist during the day and I'm a lucid dreamer at night, which is my real vocation. I think it just took that long in my own awareness and transformation and development for it to move from the dream time into awake reality. And and in the book, it was a near-death experience that actually, at the brink of death in the high Andes, yep. at 18,000 feet, that I heard, as I really wanted to cross over from yellow fever, I, mm-hmm. I was on death's bed, and I was happy to cross over. And I came tumbling back down into this world, and I heard, be the mouthpiece for language, and I had no idea what that meant at that time. Mm -hmm. No idea what that meant. And then I had 92 illuminations on language. Which is Absolutely incredible, and it's so fascinating to read. The book is fascinating. It's just, it's riveting. You can't put it down. I, I couldn't put it down. It, it just, I don't know whether, you know, that's because, as I said in the intro, I'm a vibrational sound therapist, and I've been very sensitive to sounds all my life. <laughs> right, and, right, 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 You know, right, right. yes. Sound, and that's sound what we're experience. speaking about here, you know. It and, is, it is. Yeah. It is. And that's and, what and, and, language is asking of us, is to, to experience its sound, its taste, its touch, its smell, its, because it awakens something deep, deep, deep within us that expands our awareness, as does vibrational sound therapy. Right, and it's the vibrations of the sounds that's doing it. It is. And the way, yeah, the way that it is, it's healing, it's very refreshing, it's calming, it's relaxing, it's stress-reducing. Now, have you been sensitive to sound when you look back? Because when I first became a vibrational sound therapist, I was like, you know what? 
now I'm thinking about this. I've been sensitive to sound all my life, you know. Have you looked back to see if you have been sensitive to sound all along, or was the first illumination your first experience at hearing the vibrations of the words in between, the silences between the words? Mm, wow, that's a great, it's a beautiful question. I've been sensitive to sound. I've been sensitive to um, vision. I've been sensitive to touch my whole life because obviously I have a mystical temperament. I've had it since I was born and some might call that neurodivergent, right? In this world, (laughs) but it's a sensory system that is, is acutely heightened. Um, I would say the first illumination I had was the first time the silence between the words brought it deeper into the body where the thrust and the fibers of the language shift and comes into the body and it, and it moves in an entirely different way that connects you to the whole and opens up what I would say dormant capacities. In, in that first illumination, I talk about a, prophet, a prophetic moment that happened in the moment of an exchange with that young boy. Uh, and I would say my years of meditation probably mm-hmm. set that up. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Because, yeah, because of my familiarity with the conceptual mind receiving and the comfort of silence. And it was a welcoming of the word into the silence. And of course, we both know, right? Everything comes out of the silence and returns to the silence, and the word does too. Absolutely. And what is it? In the beginning, there was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And that's what, that's, you know, that's one of the things I got out of the book. I kept thinking that. I was like, wow, this is like taking that biblical phrase and just parsing it out to, to a point where everybody should be yeah, able to yeah. understand it and get this. Everybody should. They yeah. really should. But I, I, but I would say this. In the beginning was silence, and then yeah. there was the word. Then there was the cosmic explosion. Then we had the first universes here in the manifestation, and then it was silent again. And then there was the word. We got the babbling brooks. We got the earth. We got the vegetation, we, and then there was silence. Yep. And all what's of funny that is, is the word. All yeah. of it is the word. It, yeah, it, it, the spaces between are the word, absolutely. And oh, the words are the word. And it's funny because when I tell people one of my favorite things to do in the wintertime, I live in the Northeast. I'm, I'm in New Jersey now. I was born and brought up in New England, and I was transplanted to New Jersey unwillingly and here I am still my husband's husband's listening to this and he's like oh god here we go again she's unwillingly dragged her I was but it worked out (laughs) um, I I love going outside in the wintertime when it's snowing at night and I tell people the reason why I love it so much is because you can go out and listen to the silence and I have been looked at like a deer in headlights and people look at me and I say I know you think I'm out there where the buses don't run but I'm not Try it. Go out and listen to the silence, and you will hear things you, that will touch your soul. You will hear what you absolutely never thought you'd hear before, and it touches you in such a way that it is Thank just you. so soulful and so purposeful and so deep and good. And that vibration that you feel in that moment because you feel so good, you know, you're putting out a ripple to the whole world. So we all need to do this more often, go out and listen to the silence in the snow, in the in the thunderstorms in anything like that where there's a between that you know you're waiting for the next thing or maybe you're not in snow you you hear the snowflakes fall but you hear the silence as well it may take practice but i i really suggest people do this (laughs) Uh, oh i i am absolutely with you and what you're speaking to is in those moments where you can just be and not be in your mind, you connect with the larger rhythm of the continuum. It comes into the body, and there's a felt sense 
of being held by it. And, my dear, I live in Minneapolis, and or where we have snow. Arctic. <laughs> we get snow. We're yeah, 50 below wind chills. And I have a Malibu that I walk 365 days out of the year. And so, th- yes, this is part of understanding there are ways for us to be connected to the larger continuum in the felt sense and being held by it. And in the tumult of our day, I don't care at the end of this interview if we're talking about language. What I care about is that in the tumult of our this time, it feels important to connect with that which is larger, which has been here for millennia, that we can actually absorb and it can become part of our everyday well-being. Absolutely. And I think what I remember you saying this in your book, I, and I'm, I think it was chapter seven because I looked at it and numerolo- numerologically my life path is a seven and I thought, oh, I like this. So I think it was chapter seven where the first thing you say is extraordinary experiences with language have somehow led me to a destiny of incarnating the eternal in temporal time. And I yeah. read that. And I thought, okay, but we're not talking about just the spoken language here. There's way more to this than just yes. what we speak. Yes. Does that kind of sum up what you just said? Because I feel it, like it uh, does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it does. It's the surround sound, right, of language. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, taking yeah. language out I like of that. And, and, and it's not the spoken, it's not only the spoken or the written word, it's our internal dialogue, and it's our internal dialogue and our connection with that which we are embedded in, which is its own language in the manifestation, and coming home to Mm -hmm. it as a part of well-being during really difficult times on the planet. Very difficult times on the planet, yes. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yep. Because it's stable. It's stable. It's stable. Yeah. It's the only stable it's, thing it's, we have. It's, it's, it's changing, right? We, we had mm-hmm. a heat index here in Minneapolis of 115 degrees two weeks ago. That is unprecedented. Yeah, we have climate change. We, we have, as everyone knows, the world and the earth is going through tremendous change. And so how does each and every human being find well-being during this tumult and these changes? This is how they read the book. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah. And the book says, oh, by the way, you don't need a spiritual tradition. Even language can bring us here. Even language can bring us here because it's it's an evolution. And, you know, it's interesting because the, the name of the book is Encounters with Living Language. And then the tagline or subtitle is Surrendering to the Power of Words. And I saw this when it came across. Uh, I, it was sent to me. Eileen sent it. Your publicist sent it to me. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, this is interesting to me. So I started looking into it and I thought, okay, when I got the book and I read it, I thought this is more than the power of words because you actually get into talking about the motion of language you speak about that in your book the motion of language and that yes. was very yes. interesting tell us about and that if you, you as, yes and you as a you know a vibrational sound healer of course are attuned to that and i love that you're attuned to it because mm-hmm. every word has a thousand roots that go down deep, 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 deep into the soil of our being, if we're open and receptive to it, where the unseen and the archetypal forces underneath the word speak. And that is why an experience of language versus just conceptualizing offers 
really a transformation in awareness. Because if you can move into the sensory body with language, letting the conceptualizing receding, no assumptions, no personalizing, be in the experience, be in the vibration of it. And if you follow it, you can follow it all the way to the silence, but you don't need to go all the way to the silence. You have the archetypal root of the word, which is connected to the whole. And in the body, not the mind, the mind can't do this. In the body, it's like ping, 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 ping. And you have an experience of the oneness of what it is connected to. And that is why I say, oh my goodness, for centuries we've only conceptualized language. Have we failed language? Have we not really understood in the beginning with the word? Because, oh, it has so much more to offer. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you get into that with when this is one of my, um, my favorite things. Um, in the book was I, I love the dolphin story, which is the holy word power chapter. That's the one on the uh-huh. holy word. And that one, I don't know. That one just took my breath away. I, it, yeah, I, I love that story. I don't know if you want to tell that story <laughs> or not, but it's a great story. <laughs> it's a great story, right? Because that particular story was in a lucid dream. But in the dream, being with a pot of dolphins, I was absorbed into their echolocation, mm-hmm. which was an extraordinary gift. In, you know, bats have it, you know, bats live at a frequency that we can't even hear. But right. I was absorbed in that moment into their echolocation where they as a pod were moving as one, of which I became one. And then everything we encountered in the ocean with turbulence, with objects, with I was in the experience of echolocation where they were aware of it and navigating with extraordinary beauty. Mm. And, 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 and most importantly, in that echolocation, because it's, it's returning to you there was a oneness with it all. So that experience was all is one, all is one, connected to the one underlying the whole. And it made me realize dolphins are connected to the one and the underlying whole. And <laughs> so I, there, there, there are definitely species on the planet Yes, that exceed our awareness. I think whales are another one where, you know, I've I've never seen uh, dolphins. I don't think I've ever seen dolphins up close. I might have seen them like at a science center or something, but not up close. Or I've never swum with the dolphins. Uh, I've seen whales from afar. I've never gone on a whale watching thing, although I've always wanted to, but I've I've never been on a, a whale watch. And I... I've always wondered whenever, if I see it on National Geographic or whether I see it, you know, at a science center or something, I wonder, what are they trying to teach us? What are they trying to tell us? Because I think there's more to this, you know, noise that they make than noise. It's not a noise. It's a language. They're trying to speak to us. And when we look at the migration of what they're doing and how they're following true north and how north is moving, I look at that and I think they know way more than we do. And they're trying to tell us something. And they're our friends. They're helping us. Uh, and they're connected to the rhythm, the larger rhythm yeah. of the whole. Just like Better our migratory birds are, you know, they're migrating. Like I have Baltimore Orioles here now. 
guess what? They generally are gone by the 1st of August. It's climate change. They're not gone yet. They they are in rhythm with the larger whole. And I keep coming back to human beings, the tumult in the world, climate change. There's a lot happening here, and we have to make those adjustments. And how do we make the adjustments? I think we have to connect to the whole. And, by the way, I think elephants are also in this category of of, of a con- animal consciousness that exceeds our own. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as land animals go, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But even so our, land. our pet. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Even our pets, which brings me to ask you about Patchy and Princess. Okay. So they're your, <laughs> your little, they're your babies, right? They're your babies, and like a little kid. Yes. They're book, very. Yep. They're very sensitive, and they pick up on energy all the time. They get the stuff that we don't typically get. They get it first, and then sometimes we get it, and sometimes we don't. But when you were experiencing these illuminations to start with, because now you're a changed person, you are changing, there's no doubt, and I'm sure they noticed. How did they change? Did you notice that they were changing? Was something different about them, or were you noticing something different about them that maybe wasn't different, but you were noticing? Well, I would say this about Pachi. Pachi was sensitive to barometric pressure changes. She would have, you know, what's called absentia seizures. And Mm. um, uh, because she was that sensitive. She was also very sensitive to if I had community in and we were doing any ritual or ceremony, She's very sensitive to that unseen energy that was coming into the room, uh, of which I had to watch that it didn't trigger an absentia seizure. So they're extraordinarily sensitive to the unseen, which is in the room, which is trying to come into the manifestation. Mm-hmm. That was her, her gift. And Princess Yalzawat is now 18, <laughs> lives with me Aww. now, Pachi is fast. Uh, she's Aww. 18, she's going on 10, and she's yowling, <laughs> yowling, yowling. And I don't, I, I don't know about her sensitivity. I would say she might be on the spectrum, <laughs> and always has been, and so... Does she know when you're getting illumination, though? Does she look at you in a way that is like, hmm, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, what's happening with Good Mama? question. <laughs> a good question. She is definitely, you know, I, I, I lived in Hawaii. I picked her up under a pile of palm fronds. Um, at three weeks old, dehydrated and, you know, fed her by eyedropper. And he, here she is 18 years later, and she looks like she's 10. Um, and 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 she yells a lot, and in the night, she's <laughs> up all night. So I would say she's a cat, and yeah. I would say if she had, had an animal medicine, she's an owl. And she remains a mystery to me and what she responds to and what she doesn't respond to. But but Pachi absolutely responded to the unseen in the room. And if the vibration were too great, it would trigger mm. absentia seizures along with the different pressure changes did that too. Animals are sensitive. Yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had two cats. Well, most recently we had um, two cats. We always had two. And the last two that we've had, I, I know that sometimes they'd look at me and they'd run away. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm too much energy for these guys. But the middle yeah, two, right. they, they ate it up. 
they sucked up the energy like nothing I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, they were just, I, I refer to them as you guys are my little familiars. <laughs> well, and we probably, know that about cats. We yeah, know that about cats, cats yeah. right? Because yeah. they absorb, there are some cats that just absorb, like, like you know, I had a cat before, Princess Yassalot, that also from the island of Kauai, he absorbed, he'd sit on my computer. He'd sit on all of my transcendent dreaming. He just absorbed all that energy, and he loved it. She, yep. not so much. I think, I, seriously, I think if you could have a spectrum, uh, she's probably been on it. They yeah. are all different, but they are absolutely connected to the unseen yeah. energy. And, and anyone who has a pet, should take notice, right? Take yeah, no, there were many, many times I'd sit there and I'd say, what are you looking at? And then I'd realize, oh, you're looking at something that I can't see. All right, that's cool. And I just, you know, I'd be like, I right. wonder who she's right. looking at. There's something there that I can't see. I just know it, you know? Of um, course. One of, and yeah. and, and any, anyone who's like, I want, I want to have an experience with the unseen, but I can't feel it. Well, look to your pets because yes. they can feel it. And and if you look at right? it in really stillness, silence yourself and and watch them, you too will feel it. You will know there's something there. Exactly. You, you have exactly. to. It's a it's yep. it's a way to come home to the invisible that is trying to manifest in the world. Yeah. Yeah, they're little saviors they are. You know, it's it's very interesting uh, when you speak about all this stuff and you talk about the rituals that you have with community and everything. I had Dr. Brian Weiss on the show quite a few times over the years, and I just love him. You know, past life regression, father of past life regression. Yes. And I asked, yes. I asked him, and I'll ask you the same question, because even though we have, we feel like we have grown and people are more understanding and such, what initially did your colleagues think when you started talking about this and, and writing about this? Great question. Yeah. Wow. That means nobody else and has asked these questions. I love that. <laughs> I know. It's a great, it's a great question. And it has to go back many years because, yeah. you know, transcendent dreaming was all happening at, 33. Um, I mean, that, that had to be hard for you. It had to be hard for you. As I said to Dr. Weiss, like this had to be difficult to almost like come out about this, you know, because it's not, it's not something that people look at and say, oh yeah, that's a very respectful topic to do a study on. You know what I mean? Right. So it had right, to be difficult. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, I, 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 <laughs> I, I thought you were on um, faculty of the U of M, and now what are you doing, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah. you know what? You didn't care, it, did you? And, <laughs> well, I didn't care, but where I have cared is, so I have community here in Minneapolis and Seattle and San Francisco, you know, communities of, you know, and, they're all, they're all at every, the most common question is like, how do I go home? How do I be with my family? How do I move forward in the world? And you're, you're someone asking the same question. And the way I personally have always dealt with it is, and you know this, you're a therapist. I love being a therapist because people can't ask about you. You just <laughs> you just receive them, which is a gift, receive them and whatever their perceptual filters are, and then you, you expand them and the unseen comes in. So, so I can be invisible. So I have chosen to be cloaked in invisibility and have been judicious about my extreme mystical temperament with my colleagues who are more 
traditional. And, mm-hmm. and are beloved, and they've referred to me for 30 or 40 years. And they're like, oh, Christina, I have to get your book. And I'm like, well, well yeah, you should. <laughs> but it never happens, and it remains <laughs> quiet. And I, this is what I love about the universe. It's like we can move in these different ways. They are not different worlds. They are the same right. world. They are the same world. But the language and what you choose to share absolutely impacts the world. So the language I use to share, where it could have impact, I'm judicious. Mm. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's funny because when I'm – a lot of people that I work with are – yeah, okay, that's too, she's a little different. She plays these crystal bowls for people. And they're like, yeah, okay, you know, why don't you come in and try it out? I think you'd probably really enjoy it. And they're like, yeah, I don't think so, I don't think so. But the medical doctors, they'll call me up and say, I don't know what you do, but I know you help my people. Can you help my person? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know their you journey. Know Send them in. Same here, same here. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I have, it's okay. uh, you know, for 35 years medical people, and I say in transcend dreaming, uh, medical professionals are like, have somebody at the hospital, they're transitioning, they're on ventilators, yep. and yep. their family doesn't know whether to pull them off, and could you be go be with them? And of course I can, because I can be with the spirit at the with place of transitioning and have a sense of where it is and bring comfort to the family. That yep. is not a known, like you don't want to be on a poster for that. But, yes, even your medical professionals who trust and know that you're sane, that you're rational, that you're pragmatic, and that also you have other gifts, they pick you up. Yeah, at least they tell me I am, so I'm going to believe it because, you know, I appreciate that. <laughs> so the people that say you're okay If they're referring, you know it. You, you yeah. know they know that something changes. And, T-Love, it does. It does. Oh, yeah. It absolutely does. Absolutely. You know, I volunteer for pediatric hospice, and people are like, oh, my God, that must be hard. And I'm like, it's really rewarding. And I know that sounds crazy, but... It really is, not and you're me. not there. Not to me. It's it's not that you're there for the kids. The kids know what's going on. It's you're there for the family afterward, and it's just very. There's something about it that you know you're helping in a huge way, and you know that the way that you're helping is something that probably not everybody can do. So to yes. be able to give that to someone and walk away crying all the way home and not knowing how I got into the garage and then hearing the news and there was an accident somewhere and with a red car and I go down to look and see if it was my car because, you know, I don't know where, what, how I got home. It's still okay <laughs> to be able to help people. It's still okay, you know? So, yeah, there's, and that has a language all of its own too. This is how much I got out of your book. It ha- all these different instances, situations have a language that if you're, if you're willing to take the leap to be aware, you can notice it and work with it and become part of it to get more from it. Does that make sense to you? Oh, I'm betting I, it does. I, I, of course it does. I love it. <laughs> and, I, and I would say when you enter life in this way, whether it's from the word whether it's from the larger continuum and the conceptual mind, the rational, rational mind can receive truly, truly untrapped doors, mm-hmm. avail themselves in a, where in a big way. Big, big, big way. We have yeah, bigger than you can imagine. Yep. yep. And you can serve in the world in a different way. And I think in the in my book, I go back to my soul as 
which mm-hmm. is Rilke, you know, the poet, the visionary poet, um, yep. who talked about just through language alone, it went deeper into him in a way it never did, and he felt no longer able to be a part of the old. And he is only one genius writer to speak about this, which is what tells me language has been knocking on our door for mm-hmm. a couple Ever. centuries of like, wake, wake up, put in head, yep. wake up, put in head, wake up, wake up, wake up. Absolutely. And what's really interesting is even superficially, words have great weight, words hurt, and you cannot unring the bell. And so it's always oh, okay to take, take a breath and think about what am I going to say, or sometimes taking action is not doing anything at all and not saying anything except I need to think about that, I'll get back to you, and not reacting. And that's hard to do as humans because so many times we just want to lash out and react. And it takes great patience. I've been practicing it for a while. I, I'd love to say I'm so good at it. I'm not. I'm okay sometimes. And other times I just have to bite my tongue till it's bleeding. And, you know, and like, okay, okay, I can't say anything. I just have to walk away. And that's hard to do, but you do it because it, language, it, it, it holds so much vibration. It hold, think about it, it's a sound. Every time we say a word, we're putting out another ripple, another ripple, another ripple, and we're putting it out into the world. And, and that's why so many words that have been said over the past, I don't know, 10 years with social media and everything have created all these ripples that aren't necessarily good. So to be able to, to, to hear, listen, see, feel between all the words and the words that you say is so very important. And I think your book, it just, it, it just touches that in a way that people may not be thinking about that, but boy, is it deep. It's, it's a quick read, but it's not. You want to linger. You want to savor it. That's why. I, I know there are people who have read this because I read something that said, one woman said, I've read this three times, and I'm like, yeah, I'm right there with you, honey. <laughs> you, know? I mean, you want to read it over and over again because you get something more each time. And your, your last chapter tells us about the stewardship of living language. And that's very interesting. And I was wondering if you would explain that to our listeners, what that means and who are the stewards. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Again, a lovely question. Well, the steward, stewards are definitely anyone <laughs> who is a student of language and and maybe poetry because poetry in our everyday spoken and written word is a way to get into the sensory system. But having said that, I thank the stewards of living language are just coming onto the planet. And, of course, in my book, I talk about the young gymnast um, who said, well, you think I'm crazy. She was, mm. She's genius. Her, her parents are both chemists. She's genius. It was the last session. She said... And she had a um, concussion or, you know, a, a TB, what's called a TBI, uh, traumatic brain injury. And yep. she couldn't go back to the sport of gymnastics. But what she said to me in the very last session was, Christina, I know this is going to sound crazy. I'm mm-hmm. not crazy. Because I asked her, do you think you'll do okay in school? And she said, I think I'll do okay in school because I don't know why, but any test I take, especially if it's multiple choice, I can hear the right Mm. choice. I can hear the right 
choice given the question. And I asked her another question, like, um, what is it you hear? And she said, I don't know. That's why I feel crazy. But I mm. can just feel the right vibration to the right yep. choice. And I, I said, what about, you know, composition? She goes, the same thing. They ask a question. And I know what I'm writing is either vibrationally going to be within the means of the right answer or not. And she was 22. Mm. And I'm like, yep, we have a new generation. And we have, do we have time? We have Mm. the autistic autistic spectrum. We have the non-speakers who with letter boarding are now speaking in their young adulthood. And guess what? As they can actually speak after 14, 15 years not speaking and not individuating, right? By the way. Right. Yep. They're, they're telepathic. They know four or five languages that their parents have no idea how How? they have learned (laughs) those languages. And they're moving in the world in a way that is connected to the greater rhythm of the whole at the expense of their being able to individuate. And so I say stewards of living language and evolving consciousness, there's a crossroads here. And there is a new threshold and a new possibility. I I have to agree 100% because when I was reading that, I thought, well, it's all of us. We just suck at it. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> no, we're not we're doing a good old. job, you know. <laughs> but uh, the new ones coming in are. Yeah. The, the new ones are. And we have to not only hand them the baton, but we have to hand them the autonomy and the individuation and how to survive in this everyday world. Right. So right. we we have something to offer them. It's it's the beautiful evolution of the earth. And mm-hmm. as we age, that's what we offer. And we offer Absolutely. space for what they have to offer. Yeah, because give them the it can't. Yeah, it can't come into the manifestation without the space and right. without our and support. The, and yeah, allowing the grace to be able to. Yes, of course you can do that. Yes, of course, and without any doubts or any. Oh, that's just silly. Don't do that. No, 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 no. You got to give them the, the space yes. and the grace to do it. Yep, absolutely. Yes. Now, do you still receive illuminations? And if you do, how often do you get them? I do. I do. Mm. Um, to the tune of another book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who knows what the next book will be. But um, but what I would say after 92, and they and it felt mm. like they, it's, which is why I wrote the book, I'm like, they apparently had a governing aim. You know, like in my book I say, I sent them off to my editor. I just sent them off, sent them off, sent yep. them off. Didn't think about them, sent them off. Um, uh, but they definitely had a governing aim, which is this book. And since then, I absolutely still have them. But honestly, T, I think I'm integrating in my sensory system the word. Mm. Yeah, in my everyday encounters and even in my own quiet inner dialogue, I feel as though it is get it is integrated, and it makes receiving any illumination way way easier. I'm sure it does, because yeah. It's like you've you've got the key to be able to to unlock so that things can yeah. come through easier. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's something about the illuminations that developed a sensory system that I'm not going to say it's mature, but I'm going to say it's fluid. And so they quiet, they quiet because I've, I've become that. I've, I've become that extraordinary wisdom that came from outside of me. And it came from outside of me as a near-death experience. And we don't know where that came from, but it did. And it was meant to, and it's your journey. Right. We all have our journey. That's right. I just this one's happened yours. to be mystical. And so, and, you know. And fascinating and, and wonderful and illuminating and inspiring. There are so many words, you know, that go along with all of this. It's just there's so much we could talk about more, but we can't because we're almost out of time. <laughs> <laughs> but before, actually, we are out of time, but we're going over, but I don't care. Um, but before we go, would you tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and all of the wonderful, fabulous, fascinating work that you offer? Best, go on website, ChristinaDenell.com. Sign up on our Facebook and our Instagram and become a member. And then you are hooked in. You're just hooked (laughs) into anything that we send out. And more importantly, go buy the book Encounters with Living Language, Surrendering to the Power of Words. I'm sure you can get it on Amazon, local bookstores. Can they get it on your website, Christina? Yes, they can. They can. You they can, can get it on the website. Too. Yep. So this is like a first step. If you really want to move forward with anything, it's a fascinating book. And I would suggest, yeah, read it once and then go back and read it again. You will gain more information. You will be... I think I think people's uh, growth will be exponential with each read. I think that there's something there for everyone, and it this is a good growth book. So get the book and read it. And Christina, thank you so much for joining us. This show went by really fast. I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. I love you. I love your work. Thank you so very much for your time and being here tonight on From the Heart Radio. I loved the interview, and I love you, my dear. <laughs> Thank you. May, may, may what we do in the world move forward. Love it, love yes. it, love it, and love you, <laughs> love you. Right back at you. Okay, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Now it's your turn to do some good. We need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on From the Heart Radio, so please share it with your friends. We do live in a most challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. You know, we need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life that we're meant to live productively, healthfully, purposefully, and with great awareness. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So please share what you heard by sending the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. Please also check out Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need 100%. We are run solely by volunteers. There are no salaries for anyone. There is no overhead of any kind. Every penny directly supports children in need. And right now, we're helping subsidize the cost of mental health sessions for children who otherwise would not receive this therapy. So if you do not have strong mental health, you cannot learn, you cannot function well. Children need our help, and together we can provide it. So please make a donation to Soji Kids. Your donation makes a difference. Every dollar matters, and you can be a part of making that difference. At Soji Huggles, we are investing in a brighter tomorrow by giving them a better today. Please visit our website, S-O-J-I-K-I-D-S dot org. Thank you very much. Please be sure to like us on Facebook, Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. We are going to leave you with our From the Heart Radio thought for this week, and this thought is by Christina Donnell herself. May we humans come to comprehend the deeper function of living language, its holy power and role in our evolving consciousness and collective earthly survival. 
I am your host, T. Love, at From the Heart Radio, intending you and yours a most enjoyable week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.